Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Patriot Peacher podcast. I think I said that okay. It's kind of hard to say because it's three P's, and then you got the R in there that kind of throws me off. I think you left the R out. Patriot Preacher Podcast. And so this is a this is a device of my own making, I guess. And so I kind of come up with it. Uh, but anyway, today we're going to be talking with Brother Philip Keithley again. Hello. And as we talked about last week, we're going to be once again talking about the family, God's foundation for the Christian. And, and that's really no other way to explain it. You go back to Genesis chapter, I guess it's Genesis chapter 2, when God takes a rib out of Adam, causes a deep sleep to fall over him, and then sews back up the womb and forms woman out of Adam. And, of course, Adam names her a woman because she was formed out of Adam. And the two became one flesh, and the man left his father and mother and cleaved into his wife. You see, that's divine providence of how a man and woman should be. And today, hopefully, we're going to get into a little bit of, of verses that talk about how blessed a man is when he has a wife. And so when we look at the uh, biblical concept, Philip, of a marriage, <clears throat> how does God define a marriage? Well, God defines a marriage as one as a man and a woman, a husband and a wife, who, because they are loving one another as as husband and wife clinging to one another, sticking to glue, they create a family. You were talking about Genesis, and in Genesis two twenty four, God's definition is is here. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. This verse speaks volumes about the the family unit, a man leaves his father and mother. So he started out in a family, and that family consisted of of, of this man when he was the, a child in a home with his mother and father. And so that is the component of a family. And then understand, too, that that family is autonomous, meaning that they are a separate family from um, any other family out there. You have your family, Dan, with your wife and child. I have my family and, you know, my family is a unit separate from yours. And this man leaves his father and mother. He cleaves to his wife. And so now you've gone from the family that he had with his mother and father, and now you've got a family that he's starting with his wife. And so she's left her father and mother. And now you've got uh, what was two separate families, and now you've got a new family unit. And now you technically have three all mentioned here in this one verse. Man left his father and mother. You can infer that woman left her father and mother, and now they're a family. This man and woman are a family. Yeah, I think it's very interesting here that that is God's plan from the beginning. Mm-hmm. One man, one woman, they're to have children, and God is going to bless all of this. Later on, we learn in the Bible that God blesses families who have children, mother and father who have children, and then they depart, and then they go and start their own families. And this is God's design. I mean, this is what he blesses. I want to read some statistics here uh, from the Pew Research. And it says here, it says, the United States has the world's highest rate 
of children living in single-parent households. Now, if you want to talk about some of the problems that are going on in the United States right now, it begins with the home. In fact, it's always been God's plan that the family home is the foundation of a nation. The Bible tells us in the book of Proverbs that righteousness exalts a nation, but, a sin, but sin is a reproach to any people. When you have families breaking apart unscripturally, I'm not talking about children leaving the home. I'm talking about mother and father divorcing. And uh, the last broadcast, I even said, I even mentioned that the divorce rate is lower, and that's not a good sign in any sense because what's going on is fewer people are getting married, which is not God's design. More people are shacking up having children out of wedlock, which is not God's design. And and so I'm reminded of a verse that's talked about in the, in the book of Romans, Romans chapter 3, where it says, Let us do a little evil where the good may come. The whole idea is that we are not to do evil, that we are to rise above evil, and it really doesn't matter what the world says. And so the world says, well, well nowadays people should shack up to see how living together works and to see if they're compatible or not. Well, no, that's not God's plan at all. God's plan, the uh, mar- uh, marriage is honorable and all and the bed undefiled. And so... Yep. Uh, I want to pull up another stat here uh, talking about uh, I know uh, I, I listened to a lot of Candace Owens and she was I was thinking of her when you were talking about the yeah when she was one. talking about the black communities in America about how uh, back in the 60s and 70s it was really unheard of for uh, black parents the black uh, the father and the mother to be separated and now completely opposite is the, is the truth and because of the whatever the liberal agenda or whatever case may be the families that are in the black communities it's almost like what what she say like a 70% divorce rate 70% it's really high i don't remember exactly what single family homes and so i don't remember exactly what it was either but i know uh, it was just a phenomenal rate higher than any other rate of any other race and it, a lot of it goes back, of course, to uh, Planned Parenthood. Uh, that was founded by Margaret Singer, who has almost single-handedly, I mean, if you think about some of the comments that she made when she was alive and, and how she how she founded Black, uh, P- Planned Parenthood, her whole mission in life, and people don't even know this about her, but her whole mission in life was to eradicate eradicate the black race. And and so the whole reason why Planned Parenthood was even formed was was even formed was to do that. It was to eradicate and through abortion and through other means to just completely annihilate the black race. And we look at what we have today. Uh, abortion is most common in black women and of course the single family homes and single parent homes I said single family, but the single parent homes is in the black community is just phenomenally high. And I think Candace Owens emphasizes the absence of fathers in the homes. Yes, the absence of fathers, which is which leads to a whole other uh, spiritual deficiency when you mm-hmm. think about. Well, I read it last week, Ephesians five, when it talks about wives being submissive to their husbands, submitting themselves to their husbands as unto the Lord. 
for the husband is the head of the house, just as Christ is the head of the church. Husbands are to love their wives, give themselves to their wives, just as Christ gave himself for the church. And you think of the implications of those words in Ephesians chapter 5. And so, and, and, and then, of course, you think about Genesis chapter 2, how they are now bone of each other's bone, flesh of each other's flesh, how that is a true symbiotic relationship, an equal relationship where both partners are, are growing and gaining from this. It's not one person takes all and leaves the other person starving. It is a mutual, symbiotic, growing together relationship. And I want to quote a verse here, Philip, and you know where I'm going to go with this, I believe. Proverbs chapter 24 and verse 3. Do you have that verse? Um. I can. I do. What what does it say? Proverbs 24, verse 3 and 4. Through wisdom is a house builded, and by understanding it is established. And by knowledge shall the chambers be filled with all precious and pleasant riches. So what do you think these verses are talking about? These verses are talking about a home and the necessary building blocks to make that home a pleasant home. That's very broad what I just said. So let me let me explain. It's not talking about a literal structure. It's talking about people, mother, father, children, and how they engage with one another. And so he says here through wisdom a house is is builded. Wisdom connects down to verse 24, where he says, and by knowledge shall the chambers be filled. you got to have wisdom in the home, and it's going to come about from the knowledge that we obtain. Now, the wisdom we have and the knowledge we obtain, they come from God's Word. Now, if you think about it from a physical standpoint, people build houses. People get their material from different places. People know that if they get their supplies from, from one, one supplier or manufacturer versus a, a, a different supplier or manufacturer, they do so because one has better quality material. You build your home found, and your family based upon substandard material, and your family's going to fail just as if you build an actual structure with substandard material it's going to fail. Remember that story we heard as children when we grew up about the three little, uh, the, the three little pigs. One built his house in sh- on straw with straw, and the and the big bad wolf blew that house down. One built his house out of wood, and the and the big bad wolf blew that house down. But then the one built out of bricks, the wolf couldn't blow it down because it was firm and it was strong. When you have a family unit that is built based upon God's blueprint, using God's word. Uh, as the material that that family is built on, then what you're going to have is you're going to have a home where the chambers are filled with precious and pleasant riches. Not not money and things like that, though. Hey, if you have it, great. But if you don't, you're still rich because you have God in your life. So your home is going to be filled with the precious and pleasant riches that come from the joy of, of serving God and having a family unit that is based upon God. What's going to happen is you're going to have children that grow up who are honest, productive, uh, s- successful citizens, 
Uh, they're not going to. You're not going to have to worry as much about your children getting involved in drugs and uh, uh, having pregnancies out of marriage uh, and having and then thinking about an abortion. Your kids won't even think about those things because they've been taught what's right. One last point, and then uh, uh, and that's this. You, uh, you were talking about the family earlier, and or, or rather, you were talking about how people shack up these days. I call it uh, they play house, is what I call it. But if you think about what they're doing, it's it's exactly the opposite of God's way. If you think of God's way as one, two, three, the opposite of that would be three, two, one. Uh, they uh, God's way is uh, you get married, you have a, you you move in together because you're married. You have children. The world sees it all the opposite. You have a kid, then you shack up, and then maybe later on you'll get married. Yeah, they put the cart before the horse in every yes. single way. Exactly. And so uh, there's a couple of passages of Scripture that I want to read here, and it has to do with the importance, really, of God's Word. And, and then we'll see what Jesus Christ said in Matthew chapter 7. But going all the way back to the book of Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy chapter 6, where he says here, it says, <clears throat> Deuteronomy 6 and verse 6 says, And these words which I command you this day shall be in your heart, and you shall teach them diligently unto your children, and shalt talk of them when thou sittest in thine house, and when thou walkest by the way, and when thou liest down, and when thou risest up. And I think about this, and I think about the family unit, Right? And so a lot of people, a lot of Christians, even today, they wonder why their children go astray. And they'll be like, well, you know, I took my children, I took my family to church, and so I don't understand why they're behaving the way they do. And we'll get a little, get into a little more of this Monday, of course, or, or another day in another broadcast. But the point is this. You can take your children to church. You can raise them in the church, as so many people have claimed to have done, but if you're not living the Christian life, your children are going to see that. Are you teaching them in the home? Are you raising them in a godly standard? Are you teaching them, raising them in the nurture and admonition of the Lord as we're, as we're commanded to do? Or do they see you go to church on Sunday? Do they go to church with you on Sunday? And then for the rest of the week, do they not see you taking your faith seriously? This can do just as much damage as not raising them at all in the church. And so people wonder, well, you know, I took them to church, but then I go Mondays and I put ball games before studying God's Word, or I put whatever the case may be. I allow the world to distract me. Now listen to these words again in that context of Deuteronomy 6 and verse 6, where it says, And these words which I command you this day shall be in your heart. Is the Word of God in your heart? Are you living it? Are you living the Word of God in your everyday life? That is what's going to matter to your children. That is what they see. Remember, I've been told so many times, well, children are like little sponges. You know, They see and absorb everything you do. Whenever you turn on that TV to that program, you should not be watching with your kid in the room that, you shouldn't, that Christians shouldn't even be watching anyway. Are you doing that in front of your children? Think about that. Small things, people, things that people may not think about. Are you prioritizing things that should not be a priority in front of your children? Are they seeing it? Now listen to this verse. It says, and thou shalt bind them. Now listen, to, this is how important it is. You shall teach them diligently unto your children. 
You shall bind them up for a sign on your hands. They shall be as frontlets between your eyes. There's no place. There's nothing that you should be doing or nothing that you should be seeing that isn't glorifying God, especially when it comes to your family. Your family should be your first priority to making sure that they are following God. It says, you shall, uh, write them, uh, you shall write them upon the posts of your house and upon your gates, and it shall be. And, of course, you can go on and read the rest of those. Go ahead. I was just going to say, if you really think about what he said, what, what we're reading here, it, there really isn't a lot of time left to do all the recreational things that people love to do these days. There's nothing wrong in and of itself with things that are recreational, but... Like you were just saying, when God is not the center and recreation is or something else, anything that's not God uh, becomes a center, then there's where the problem is. If God isn't the center, there's a problem. And so if if you are walking, sitting, going to bed, God needs to be central to your life and your kids need to know about it. You read up there in verse uh, 6, that these shall be these words shall be in your heart, you know. That's a right. home has to have a strong foundation. Mothers and fathers that want their children to be taught about God need to make sure that they understand God's word so that they can do what it says in verse seven. Thou shalt teach them diligently. Well, if you're going to do, if you're going to be diligent about teaching your children, you better make sure you know it. And if you want your children to teach your grandchildren diligently. You better make sure that your t- your children learned it well from you. And so example, teaching, and example are key. They're important. They're necessary. Yeah, that makes me think of another point. You go back to Joshua, uh, the last book of Joshua. I think, uh, let me pull up the book of Joshua here and just look at it. Uh, we'll go to Matthew chapter 7 and verse 24 here. But I want to look at the book of Joshua the last chapter in the book of Joshua, and a lot of people are familiar with these very popular verses. And it says here, it says, um, when he is talking to the children of Israel, verse 23 says, Now therefore put away, said he, the strange gods which are among you, and incline your heart unto the Lord God of Israel. Now he is talking to people and he is making sure that they incline themselves to God and not to, th- to the things of the world or, or the things that people took up with. And he says, once again, he says, And Joshua wrote these words in the book of the law of God and took a great stone and set it before, set it there under an ark that was by the sanctuary of the Lord. And, of course, uh, you can go on and read there. There's a verse in here where it says, Choose whom you serve this day. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. That's up there around about verse 14. Yeah. And 15. Uh, so before that, he's laying the whole foundation of what we are not supposed to do. And he says, Now therefore fear the Lord and serve him with sin- in sincerity and in truth and put away the gods which, are, uh, which your fathers served not on the other side of the flood, referring back to Noah and in Egypt, and serve you the Lord. And if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom you will serve, whether the gods which your father served that were on the other side of the flood or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Now that is Joshua. Now let's read 
Joshua judges two generations right after Joshua. This is all it takes, folks. Don't cheat. Don't teach your children the word of God. Don't teach your family the word of God, and this will be the result. And also, Judges chapter 2 and verse 10, And also all that generation were gathered unto their fathers, and there arose another generation after them which knew not the Lord, nor yet the works which he had done for Israel. And the children of Israel did evil in sight of the Lord and served Balaam. Folks, this is what's going on in our nation right now. We're talking about, now think about this topic that we're talking about. We're talking about broken homes, families that I know that have been ripped apart simply by not following the word of God. Think about this, Philip. Divorced parents. Uh, back in the 80s and 90s, it was a 50% divorce rate at least. 18%, they said, the last time I looked at it, it had dropped, and now people are just shacking up. Drugs are running rampant. Drugs are tearing families apart. Suicide, tearing families apart. You, can't, you start to compound all these problems, and what do you get? A lawless nation that does evil in the sight of the Lord. That's exactly right. You know, people that get something that's complicated like to have some simple instructions to help them figure it out. You go to the store, you buy you buy a new bookshelf, for instance, or, or entertainment center for your, for your television. It comes with instructions, and you follow those instructions, and you're able to put that shelf that the entertainment center together because you had those instructions. Let me tell you what the Bible is. The Bible is basic instructions before leaving earth. That's what the Bible is. And it's it's our handbook for life. That's right. And, you know, I know that 20 years ago when I started out as a, as a young parent, there were things that I'm uh, – didn't know that I know now that I'm in my forties that I've studied God's word and learned it. I don't know what my family would be like were it not for God's word that has guided me and my wife along this way. And I say that because there's a lot of people out there who are in broken homes or or marriages that are about to fall apart, but, and they're looking for answers. You're trying to, you're, you're looking for something, a solution to the problems you're having, trying to figure out how to to deal with the issues your children are going through, trying to figure out how to deal with your marital problems. And you've turned to so many different, different directions and nothing's working. Let me tell you, give God a chance. Give his word a chance. And you will see the benefits. You'll see the results. You'll see a huge difference. Now, uh, we're almost out of time for this podcast, and I want to go ahead and leave you with these verses. Now, think about what we talked about, building the family home, building the structure, laying a strong foundation, building the walls, building the roof. All these, they cannot be built with substandard material, as, as Brother Philip po- pointed out. So let me let me leave you with this. Build your house, build your family on the rock of, Jesus, of the word of Jesus Christ. I want to leave you with these verses. Matthew chapter 7, verse 24 says, Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and does them, 
He says, I will liken him unto a wise man which built his house upon a rock. This is what we want people to do. We want people to build their families upon the rock of the word of Jesus Christ. Think about this. If his house, if the Lord's church is the house that Jesus built, and he is the chief cornerstone, according to Psalm 118 and, of course, 1 Peter chapter 2, that he the, the stones which the rejectors builded the same have become the chief of the corner. Build your house upon the rock of the word of Christ. Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him unto a wise man which built his house upon a rock. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat upon that house, and it fell not, for it was founded upon a rock. This is all we're asking people to do. Thank you guys for tuning in. If you have any questions about anything that we discuss here on these podcasts, you can call me at area code 423-707-4178. You can reach out to Brother Philip at 606-205-3295. We would love to hear from you. We would love to help as many people that has listened to these podcasts obey the gospel if they have not done so. Would you like to know how to obey the gospel? Call us and let us have that conversation with you. Uh, thank you, Philip, for being with me today. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. I uh, really enjoyed this, and so hopefully Same we'll here. have uh, many more podcasts together, many more Bible studies together. Me and Philip do this all the time. We get on the podcast and we kind of pretend like, oh, yeah, thank you for coming, Philip. But we actually come together all the time and yeah. study this. So. <laughs> but anyway, thank you guys for tuning in, and we hope you enjoy the podcast. Thank you. Thank you.